Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. Melbourne Cup Eve, you know, you guys have, um, yourself and Jason have been here many times before. How are you feeling? And, you know, I, I suppose after you come up with the one, you, your dad's allowed back in your house after drawing box one. <laughs> yeah, dad, dad's definitely allowed back. Uh, he got the job done. I think um, I think we've sent him a couple of times to do box draws and from memory, he, he's always done pretty well. So we sent him there to come up with box five and, uh, and when the first two came out and I think they were six and eight that were drawn out first. And as soon as my dad put his hand on the trophy that he did, Luke was um, was sitting at the table and he said, that's the one that I would have picked. And before he'd even lifted it, Jason said, I, I bet it's going to be the one. And uh, it was. So there was plenty of cheering when he came out with the one. And he was terrified to ring me because he thought that he really did need to get box five. So uh, he, was a, he was a bit concerned that he'd let us down. But box one in, in any group race is is worth its weight in gold and we're very happy to come up with the red. I was going to say straight away I thought straight back to Ashton DB, box one, you know, and you never know what's going to happen in terms of, you know, weather and that sort of thing. So if you've got the red, then you know you're in with a chance regardless. Exactly. Drawing box one has really put him in the race now. We we know that he's not the fastest dog in the race, but I tell you what, we'd like a kennel full of uh, Aussie secrets. Every time you take him to the track, he gives 110%. He he gives his all, and I think anyone would be happy to have a kennel full of dogs like him. He's won 31 races and very consistent and just a delight of a dog to have in the kennel. So, um, yeah, I think coming up with the red has definitely put him in the race, and it, it gives him a really good chance to definitely run top three. And, you know, a, a bit of a sentimental feel as well, the fact that he's by Bernardo, who you're standing at stud now, that um, that must be equally as exciting. Yeah, look, it is. We've Jason's had a big opinion of Bernardo from very early days uh, and then getting Aussie Secret and, and we've got another nice young dog here um, who's only had the one start and unfortunately got an injury in that start, but we've got a big opinion of him and he's a Bernardo and they're both beautiful temperament dogs and it's actually quite funny um, when Jenny Gill called me and, and asked if we'd help her out. The dog had a couple of problems and she knew that I'd had a couple of issues with Aston DB along the way and just asked if we'd help her out and see if we could get the dog right. And I love a challenge. Um, <laughs> and I, the, the stud dogs are, are sort of my thing. Yep. Um, Jason, now that the kids are both helping Jace with the race dogs, it, it's freed me up a little bit with with them and I really enjoy the stud dogs. I, I love that side of it. So yep. I've always enjoyed having stud dogs and, once we sort of had, you know, 20 years ago, we had eight stud dogs and then wow. we got to the stage where we really needed to concentrate on what we felt we did best, which was training. Yep. Um, so, you know, we got, sort of got rid of having brood bitches and got rid of having the stud dogs and stopped having pups and just really focused on the training. And then um, when Jay sort of had his, his time out for, for a few months and I was training all the dogs and I, I think that I put everything that I possibly had into that time, that when that time was up, I sort of lost interest a little bit. And yep. um, then you know, Aston DB came along and from early days said to Ray, love to keep the dog 
as a pet before he even sort of showed what he did. We, we actually pre-trained him. We had him from about 15 months old and oh, wow. there was just something special about him yep. and sort of always sort of said to Ray, we'd love to keep him. And then obviously he went on to do what he did and, and took me on a ride that I'll never forget. You know, that he sort of showed me that dreams do come true. Yeah. You know, little girl from Ballarat who grew up in the dogs. <laughs> you know, Dad was the manager at Ballarat Dog Track when I was a kid and I spent, you know, all my time there. And um, and then to think that I went on to train a Melbourne Cup winner was um, – it's still it's still surreal and it's, you know, four years ago now and it's still quite surreal. So then, you know, we sort of had him at start and then Aston Cometo and unfortunately we, we lost him earlier this year and so just really focused on Aston DB and, and then when Jenny – offered us Bernardo, well, it's not every day you get offered a stud dog that's already, you know, sort of in his second, third season and yeah. got pups on the ground and uh, we, we did what we could and fortunately it all worked in our favour and, and got the dog right and then Jenny asked if we'd be willing to keep him and that was sort of a no-brainer. He'd been here by that stage for a couple of months and he'd really fitted in and he's just an absolute delight of a dog. He's beautiful. Yep. And I said to Jason, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah. Pretty big believer in, you know, everything happens for a reason and and what a dream to get Aussie Secret into the Melbourne Cup, come up with box one, Stan Bernardo. You know, maybe, maybe it's another fairy tale for us that if Aussie Secret can get the job done tomorrow, it it really puts Bernardo on the map. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes things are just meant to be and, I think, yeah, that, that would, there'll be a lot of tears, as, as you know, Dimity, <laughs> yes. when it comes to me and me and the dogs. Anything to do with the dogs or the kids, there, yep. there's always tears. So um, win, lose or draw, there'll probably be tears. I'm just proud of him for being there. And I think it's a big effort for Bernardo with, you know, the the bitches that he's had. And I think um, you've probably seen the story of Rob Bean, who, who owns Aussie Secret, that, you know, put an unproven bitch to an unproven sire. And yep. I, I don't think he would have been able to probably sell the pups for $500. Like, no one would have been interested in, in knowing about them. And he contacted Jason once he'd broken them in and said, I, I think I've got something here. And Jason actually went to, was at sale and watched them trial and um, picked out Aussie Secret. And then we had Enabler as well from the litter, but, he um he sustained an injury and we sent him back to Rob and, and he's back winning races. So they've just been a dream come true for him, yep. this litter. And um I think, you know, like I say, win, lose or draw, Rob and his family will be there tomorrow night and it'll be a special night. Yep. I um I, I like what you said about the fact that, you know, he's got such a good personality because now that we've got such so many, you know, stud dogs out there, people are really looking, honing in on those little things like what are they like at home, you know, how were they to train, you know, how were they even little things like how are they in the race day kennels. So I, I was looking at his grand recorder profile before and, you know, things such as the fact that he's got a great personality, which you know, it is only going to be beneficial to, to people using him in the future because they want dogs that are going to resemble that personality. Yeah, exactly. And it's something I get asked all the time. And even dogs that we, we aren't standing but we've trained, I'll quite often get people call me and, and ask what their, you know, dog like hooked on scotch, you know, what, what was he like in the kennel? And because it, it is important, you know, there's there's been quite a few stud dogs out there that have thrown um, their offspring to be, maybe a bit, bit crazy or they bark yeah. a lot or, or something and it sort of always comes back to the sire and, and people are quite often want to know, you know, what, what is the dog like? And but most of our dogs here have, um, you know, they're, they're very spoiled. They, they all learn to jump <laughs> up on your shoulder straight away and, and they're all treated like part of the family. Every single dog in the kennel, as, as you know, they, they all have different personalities and yep. 
I think we adapt to that and having Luke and Holly out there and, and Jason and I, that they don't really see anyone else and, and little Sophie who's eight who is comes out to the kennels every night and, <laughs> you know, she, she picks her favourites and she's actually a pretty good judge. Um, but I, I just think with a stud dog there's a lot of boxes to tick and, you know, they if they can tick every single one of those boxes, I think they go on to make, you know, a, a pretty good sire and... Um, I wouldn't just take any dog at start. I've had yeah. quite a few dogs that we've trained that you know, we don't stand. Um, but when as soon as Bernardo came, I just knew there was something special about him and he's actually a real character and he's probably become my best mate. He's right next to Aston DB and I adore both of them yep. equally. But they're, they're totally different personalities. But he's got a bit of a trait that when you go to get him from the yard, he'll take a few steps back and sort of get down on his front two legs. It's a bit of a game. And... <laughs> I have to sort of get down on my knees and then I tell him, you know, where's my kisses and he'll, he'll come and lick the side of my face. Like he's just he's just a beautiful boy. Yeah. Uh, he looks amazing. He's a big, strong dog. I think um, he's probably up around the 37 kilo mark, very similar to Aston DB. And just he, from, from what I've seen, you know, we haven't had him a long time, but he has settled in very well. And Jenny actually came to visit him a couple of weeks ago who part owns him with William McMahon and, he, um, I, I was sort of holding him half behind my back and she said to him, don't worry, I'm not going to take you away. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. And I said, you'd need the army if you want to come and take him away. He's he's, uh, he's got a home for life here. Oh, that's and, uh, awesome. And that's how we like it. Yep. And you've also got um, Equalizer at stud too. Is that while he's recovering from, from injury that he'll be at stud? Yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, just... The plan was after, you know, he won the Brisbane Cup, I said to Jason, I really would like to give him a go. He comes from such a fantastic line. Yep. And you know, having Bernardo, who's a KC and all dog, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to then take on another KC and all dog. But his, his breeding is just impeccable. And I've actually, um, he's actually made it his first pitch today. So uh, that's been a bit exciting. <laughs> um, and they, they just really wanted to tap into something with the collision line, yep. which Captivating has. So, um, and, you know, she's thrown in every litter Captivating. We trained her as a race bitch and then obviously Black Opium um, from her first litter and Immunity and Equalizer from her second litter and now we have Amnesty Racing from her third litter. Yep. And she's uh, she's done a super job in the breeding barn and um, I think that he, he – I, I don't know that he'll – you know, get 100 bitches in his first season or, or be that kind of sire. But I think that he probably does give breeders the option to get into that line. Yep. And uh, I think it's a very proven line. And he's um, he's pretty special to Holly. So um, I think, you know, I said to Jase, if he can get, you know, a couple of bitches a month, I'll be happy. And he will come back to racing next year. So yep. I'm just getting some straws put away. Well, I can now while he's off over probably the next four to six weeks and, and then he'll be back in work. Yep. So, yeah, which is, is quite exciting because um, he's he's a really good dog and it's unfortunate that we're missing him at this time of the year because yeah. it would have been great to have him, you know, like a Melbourne Cup dog and then in the mix for the Phoenix, So, uh, which we've teamed with the Tab for. So 
um, it would have been great to have him in the mix for that, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. Yep. I don't think um, when I was interviewing Holly the other day, I said, oh, it's not hard to tell who your mum is, how emotional she got when I was talking to equal about Equalizer to her, the fact that she teared up and that. And I was just watching before I interviewed you and I got teary watching you getting interviewed after that 2017 Melbourne Cup. And, you know, it's just, I don't think people realise, you know, and, and I've never been a, a trainer like yourself and Jace, but, you know, just how much it means to you. You looked relieved, you looked excited, you looked worn out, like all of the above, I think. <laughs> it was probably the longest week of my life um, because Jace had been put out a week and a half before. So um, I've gone into the Melbourne Cup heats with, um, you know, just I've, I've always sort of been there doing the dogs with Jace, but I, I never aspired to be a greyhound trainer. I um, I married a greyhound trainer and it became my life. <laughs> and you know, I did grow up in the dogs, but I've always either worked or, you know, been quite happy running our business and yep. being mum to the kids. And I don't think of myself as anything else. You know, if anyone sort of ever says to me, what do you do? I'm, I'm a mum to four amazing kids. Like that's that's my job. Yep. And, um, and that's how I've always sort of liked it. And I've always been quite happy to be there in Jason's shadow, I guess, but we work as a team and he would never say that I'm in his shadow, but that's how it's always like I would prefer it. So that, um, you know, taking on the dogs of the calibre that I did at the time, poke the bear, out of range, bewildering, Aston DB, yep. there's Jason, I used to say to, say to him sometimes, you know, coming into a big race, oh, I like your mood. And he said, you don't understand, like <laughs> the, the pressure. And I tell you what, until – that period of time, I really didn't understand the pressure and not that any of the owners put any pressure on us at all. We have an amazing group of owners and having Aston DB and Bewildering in that Australian, in that Melbourne Cup for Serge and Bill Bacilli and for Ray Border, yep. like they're just amazing owners and they were all more than happy for the dogs to stay here with me. But the pressure that you put on yourself going into a race like that, and especially when he came up with box one, I pretty much didn't leave the house, leave the property for the whole week. Um, <laughs> Don't blame me. I just, the kids, uh, Ben had actually asked me, I think it was on the Monday, it was a really hot day and they had him, him and a few other jockeys had the day off and he said, could a few of the boys come round? And I said, yeah, sure, you know, they were in the pool or whatever. And then sort of was getting to time where I needed to go out and feed the dogs and, and let the dogs out and, I sort of booted them all. They all had to leave because I was worried, that, you know, that if I put the dog in the paddock and they're all making noise in the backyard and it spooks the dog. So I yep. was, yeah, the, the dogs do come first. They do have priority and my, all four of my children will tell you that, that the dogs have come first in, uh, in our life. But the dogs have given us a, a fantastic life and, and given us the opportunity to work as a family. So, um, yeah, but it was a, a very emotional night that night. That I don't know if you remember the night, but the weather – Yes. turned very very ugly and Ben had raced um I can't even remember but he'd be gone somewhere in a light plane to the races like I, I don't know if it was Mildura or exactly where it was but it was like quite a few hours away and a few of them had gone on a light plane which I was very nervous about yeah in the first place and then um yeah he, he'd sort of timed it that the plane would land in time and he'd be able to get from Tullamarine to the track at Sandown and that when the weather hit and the lightning, he got stuck on the tarmac and couldn't um, couldn't get off the plane. And then the races got put back a race. And yeah, it was. I just kept thinking, I just want this over. <laughs> <laughs> it just couldn't happen quick enough. And yep. then when it did happen, it was like everything just stood still. Um, and yeah, I, I can't watch the race when 
when um, we did the launch with the for the Phoenix with the tab and the Sky Channel put together a package and they showed the the cup. I still can't watch it without crying. And there's just certain dogs that El Gallo yeah. is another one that I can't really watch any of his replays. Now uh, that was an emotional roller coaster, and and then even back to sort of dogs like Awesome Assassin that have been very special and have helped to get us to where we are now. They all play a big part and they're all cremated and they're all still with us. We have a big collection of cremated dogs here that um, Jason just shakes his head. But, yeah, we've, we've, they all stay with us. When I say they're going to be with us forever, I actually mean it. We've yep. got and, – and they're not all superstars. I've got quite a few here that have just been special dogs along yep. the way and, and they've, um, they've stayed here with us forever too. The fact that, you know, you guys have, have been um, so successful in a Melbourne Cup, I mean, every year when it comes around, you just must get that that feeling of, oh, you know, here it is again and, you know, we've done it before. And it does it does it become like, I don't know if this is the right phrase, but is it just become an addiction like you're like, I just want to win this again? Yeah, I think it does. It's something we always look forward to and you always hope to have a strong kennel at this time of year. And this year we've probably had our worst year with injuries we've um we've had so many dogs sort of drop away just at the wrong time like, you know probably six weeks ago we um we probably had eight dogs to go into the heats which is how we love it we, we love to go into it with eight and you've got one in each heat and yeah and you know you've got a really good chance and just to get one through to the final but we've had um we lost Aston Fastnet along the way he's got an injury and like I say equalizer and and then we lost Rebellious last week in the heat. So yep. we've had a pretty bad run um, with injuries. Yeah. But, you know, that that's part and parcel of, you know, we're, we're working with animals, we're not working with machines. So yep. that's sort of part and parcel of it. And, and you take the highs with the lows. And, um, yeah, over the weekend we had, we had a mixed bag of highs and lows and, and that you, you kind of – you think sometimes, you know, can I keep going? Why am I doing this? And and then you walk out there and you see the dogs and you're reminded of, of why you're doing it. And yeah. and we do it because we do actually love the dogs. It's, it's you know, it's got to the stage now where Jason and I are probably at the stage where we could start to slow down a little bit and, and take life a bit easier. We've only got Sophie left. The others are all grown up and, and yeah. doing their own thing. But it's still there. The passion's still there for Jason and it's still burning. Yeah. And I think while it's like that, we'll – keep uh we'll keep pushing on and and keep doing what we're doing and and like I say we've been very fortunate to be able to do it as a family Ben's going to be 25 soon so we've been doing this for a very long time and uh, we've been at the property here since just before Holly was born and we've turned that into something we're very proud of so yeah I think we'll be around for a few years yet who um who's got the job of handling in the final tomorrow night well, that was a bit of a tricky one and, and normally, you know, it's always worked out and quite, you know, quite a way out of whose dogs are who and Aussie Secret's always been Luke's dog. He's Luke's always had a, a real liking with Bobby and they've always been quite close where, you know, Holly's got Equalizer and yep. a couple of others but Luke's, Luke's very calm and as you would have told by, as you would have heard by speaking to him, Luke takes everything he's stride. He, he pretty much... I would love to have Luke's personality because he really doesn't have a care in the world. Like he's just extremely <laughs> easygoing um, and how how I'm his mum is totally beyond me because I'm the total opposite. Like um, everything gets to me. I'm totally OCD about everything and, um, you know, it's my, my whole head is just crazy most of the time and uh, Luke's pretty chilled and, and pretty easygoing and 
he's like I say, he's pretty much always handled Aussie Secret, other than times where he might have gone to the track. And and Holly has Jason. I, I don't even know if Jason's handled him, or it'd be very few times. And I don't think I think I might have once. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've really handled him many times either. It's always been the kids. And two weeks ago, when he won at um, at Sandown the week before the pre, uh, the week before the heats, when he won a prelude. Luke had gone trialling at Warrigal, so Holly went with Jason to Sandown and handled him, and he won. So it was kind yep. of a given that she would handle him again last week in the heat, and yep. um, Lukey handled Rebellious and because he he always handled Rebellious. I don't think any of us had ever handled him other than Luke. And um, so when, yeah, when Bobby got through, it was, um, you know, I think – in Holly's mind, she was quite happy to hand the reins over to Luke um, and we sort of weighed it up and, and we thought it was the fair thing. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, she was quite happy to, to hand it over. It was it was always going to be either one of them. Yeah. Um, and I was just a bit concerned that Holly's probably a little more like me and, and probably, you know, she thought she would be fine. But come the day when uh, when the pressure's really on, I, I said to her, it is, it is a big job and... Yeah. You know, as, as you know, he's not going to the race as favourite, or you haven't got any pressure like that. But it's just like I said before, the pressure that you put on yourself. Yeah. And I was just a bit worried that it all might get a bit much for Holly. Yeah. And um, I, I think you know she'd like to be there watching the race, and her partner, uh, his family have a dog in the race as well. Yeah. So yep. I think um, yeah, Holly will be quite happy to be up in the stands, and and Luke's won the job of handling tomorrow night, and I think he was he was really happy when. Um, when Jay said to him that, yeah, he's got the job on Friday night. Do you think if uh, if Aussie Secret gets up, there'll be another Twitter war between you two? The fact that he'll be one group, he'll be Grand Week group winner closer. He might have uh, he might have a smart comeback then. But I did say multiple. I didn't say one. And like I keep reminding Luke and Holly, they both work here, but their dad's actually the trainer. So um, I, I keep telling them, you know, we are a team, but at the end of the day, they really are dad's dogs, and, yep. and we just all we just all play our part and, and help out. And you know, Jace is the first one to say we do it as a team, but. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, if anything goes wrong, it's it's Jason that is there to fix it. So yeah, um, yeah, he's he's definitely the the boss. Um, even though he'll he'll probably tell you the opposite that I am, but <laughs> no, Jason definitely is the boss. And I I can't let you go without asking you about your favourite little girl, Black Opium. How's she doing? Holly gave me an insight into her incredible diet, which you know, if you've got a spare bedroom, <laughs> I'm happy to move in and and eat what she's eating from what she told me. Um, it's, she's in pup to Bernardo, is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's a it's been a bit of a circus here the last uh, few weeks. So Sarah moved in into the house probably just over a year ago. Um, one night, Jace went to the Meadows Racing, and I had a brainwave that we'd bring her inside. And <laughs> she's pretty much Jason had always said no, no, no dogs in the house. We um, we normally have a stray cat or two that all you know find their way to our house or holly and i are pretty soft we if we find anything it normally gets fixed up and then gets to stay here forever whether it be a bird or yep. whatever it is holly's always you know been bringing injured animals in and <laughs> and i can never say no and they they tend to get fixed up and and that and we um so Sarah made her way in the house and everything was already, I'd already had a bed and everything sitting there, but I don't think Jason thought it would all happen. And, and like I said, I think the next day he put a different dog in her kennel and said, I don't suppose she's ever going back out there. And 
<laughs> to say that uh, she's made this her house and we all live here with her is pretty much how it is. <laughs> and um, she's five weeks today and definitely in pup. Oh, she's, nice. Her, um, I, I told her before that she's starting to get fat and Holly put her hands over her ears and said, don't say that, Mum, you'll give her a complex. She's not getting fat. So she, um, she's, she was, I think, about 10 minutes ago, was standing with her head on the end of the kitchen table hoping that someone had a little bit left of their dinner. So um, she's, yeah, she'll be laying on a bed somewhere with a blanket over her and she's pretty much spoilt rotten. Yep. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't have it any other way with her. And we, um, when she got mated to Bernardo, I cried. And... Um, because it was very traumatic that you know, my little girl was yeah going yeah. to have babies. So I think there'll be plenty of tears when when we actually get puppies on the ground. And Sophie's never actually seen greyhound pups be born or anything like that because we haven't had any bitches. We've always sent our bitches off yep. for probably the last ten years. So Sophie hasn't actually experienced it, and she's very excited. So in four weeks' time, um, hopefully we'll have little black opiums. Um, probably being born in our lounge room, I'd say. We've built the Taj Mahal of Welping Rooms, but I can't <laughs> see that Sarah's going to be moving out there. And it's the week of Christmas. I keep telling her oh, she's the no. Grinch, that, that life is all about her. We're, we've got Ben <laughs> and his partner, Steph, coming home, who we haven't seen since June because they've been in Queensland. And with COVID, yep. we haven't been able to see them. So we've got them due to come home on the 23rd of September, and, and that's pretty much the day that Sarah's due. So, um I said, yeah, my, my Christmas this year will probably be focused on Sarah, but no doubt it'll be an amazing time of the year and she'll just make it even more special for us. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.